0: You know when one negative thing happens or one like low vibe thing happens to you and then you feel like, oh wow, this is a domino effect. Now it's just like calling in a bunch of stuff. Well, because you've become an energetic match for those lower vibrations. So when you start to resonate in that space of like anger or irritation or grief or everything's happening to me, or like victim mode, you open that channel to attract more of that.
1: Welcome to the live your fuck yes life podcast. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 61 of the Live Your Fuckest Life podcast. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, and I am so freaking stoked for this episode. Um, If you are not aware of who Lindsay Schroeder is, get ready to just seriously up level. We talk about all things woo in this episode. So if this is out of your comfort zone, that's totally fine. Um, And if it is totally in your comfort zone, I really, really empower you to see what you can take away because she shares so, so, so many amazing things. Um, And it's just a really incredible episode. But before we get there... This episode is brought to you by Ana Luisa, an amazing jewelry company that I am obsessed with. Not only are their pieces gorgeous and hella affordable, but I absolutely love that their mission is centered around sustainability, using 100% recycled gold in all of their pieces. Want to match with me? I love rocking the honeycomb necklace with the deep V blouse and jeans, And I also love the fan earrings. They add a really nice pop with a simple maxi dress. So you can snag your discount by heading over to analuisa.com forward slash L-Y-F-Y-L. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com forward slash capital L-Y-F-Y-L. Maze balls. So let's get to our gal, Lindsay. So Lindsay is a spiritual wellness and mindset coach. She helps soulpreneurs and spiritual boss babes develop their intuition, connect with their divine feminine, and up-level their life. She is a light worker, Reiki master, intuitive healer, and she is a passionate divine feminine practitioner. She has all sorts of trainings and coaching um, in all sorts of phases. She does mindset work, lunar phases, embodiment, busting, limiting beliefs, manifestation, EFT, NLP, crystal therapy, all sorts of shit that you may not know what it means, but that's okay. We're going to deep dive into that together today. Um, So some of the stuff we dive into in today's episode is masculine versus feminine energy and how we can find the balance of both within ourselves, how to get out of our heads and into our hearts. We really break down the chakra system and outline what they all mean, um, which was super, super, super helpful for me personally. Um, We talk about the term high vibe, why it exists, and how to access those vibrations on the daily. Um, We also deep dive into her um, a very, very interesting journey of doing ayahuasca, um, which is a plant medicine drug um and very like interesting experience um and we also talk about all sorts of stuff around the subconscious, trauma and healing and so much more. So, without further ado, here's Lindsay. Oh. Hey Lindsay, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hi, I'm so excited
1: so pumped to be here with you and chatting all things woo and spirituality and I have no idea where the fuck this is going but I'm excited. Um, Actually Lindsay and I have met in real life which is so cool. Um, She's based in Chicago and um, I've attended a couple of her really incredibly beautiful um, like we call them moon circles. Is that what you call them? Um, Yeah. Which are just so enlightening. And as somebody who has slowly been deep diving into the woo space, um, it's been really cool to actually put that into practice, IRL, you know, <laughs> because I feel like you just never really know what that looks like. And yeah. I just think you have so much wisdom in that space. And I've learned so much from you just, um, you know, getting to talk with you and about your personal experiences and you come at it from such a grounding space, which I think is really, I, at least for me has been rare to witness and it just feels really accessible. So I really wanted to have you on the podcast for a while to talk about all this stuff. So I'm excited to have you here. Um, but before we deep dive into all the, all good things, um, I would just love to hear like, how the fuck did you get to <laughs> here? You know, cause being yeah. like a spiritual woo coach, like all the things, that's kind of like a bizarre space to live in. And I, a lot of people are like, how the fuck did you even get here? So obviously yep. it wasn't like you grew up when you were three years old and was like, I'm going to be a spiritual <laughs> coach when I'm older. Right. So,
0: nope.
1: so yeah, like, I guess what brought you to this space and, um, and yeah, just share, share, your share your shiz.
0: Well, um, it's been a long process. It looks like a really fast one, When you take a look at the progression of my business, but like the actual progression of me getting to that space, like mentally, physically, and emotionally, and then specifically spiritually, was a very long process. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was young, I really like shunned my femininity. Um, I was supposed to be a boy when I was born, and I was not a boy. Mm -hmm. And my dad was pretty upset about that. And so I kind of grew up like really focusing on my masculine, like really thinking that like, that's what success is. That's like who I want to be. That's where like, I make the most waves, get the most attention, do all of that. And so it's been a really long healing process to like embrace my femininity, come back into balance, like allow my intuition to speak through. I was very intuitive as a child and like that got shut down really aggressively. I was like from a Roman Catholic, Uh, Mexican. My mom was Hispanic. So like we had very strong religious beliefs Mm -hmm. and I was just getting like kicked out of religion class for asking questions left and right. And it was just a hot mess for a really long time. I have a really difficult relationship with my dad. He, they took my parents took five years to get divorced and it was super messy. Mm -hmm. And then he was kind of like completely out of the picture. So I was like healing from the lack of femininity, the lack of like a good male role model and like healing my relationships and just doing a lot of like self-reflective healing work. I started working at a wellness facility in like 2010 and I just like dove in really deep. It felt like a coming home. Where like I started getting exposure to things like energy healing and or therapy and crystals and cards and like intuitive readings. And I was like, this feels so good. And I just for a long time took it inward. I was like, I don't want to give this to other people. Like I just want to absorb as much of this as possible. Help me, fix me. Mm -hmm. And then once I started getting to like a better and better place, as soon as I started really like elevating my practice around certain topics, anytime I would see someone else struggling with that same thing, I wanted to offer it. And so I ended up just doing that over and over for friends and for family and for friends of friends. And then for friends of friends of Mm -hmm. friends. And at one point, my girlfriend just looked at me and she's like, this is what you need to be doing. Like, this is what you love. This is what makes you happy. And like, you're so good at it. And like, you love it. And I had never loved anything enough to start my own business. Mm -hmm. I had like shied away from it really hard because everybody since I was little is like, wow, you're so aggressive. You're so assertive. You're so like ambitious, like own your own business, do your own thing. And I didn't like anything enough to take that on. And she said that and I just like started. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, how does one form an LLC? How does one open a business bank account? Like, how do I market myself? Like, how do I like get this message out there? And I just started doing it immediately from that point that she said that. Yeah. And that's when I knew it was like really it. Because there was no hesitation. There's a lot of confusion, yeah, but no hesitation. Where the
1: fuck do I go? How do I do right? this? Yeah,
0: <laughs> like so. I got a computer and I got the internet. Yeah, wow now,
1: right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I just think that's a really important reminder, and I know so many of you listening are you know, considering entrepreneurship and are like, how do you, you know, like looking at people like me or Lindsay or whoever you're looking at and being like, how did you just know this was the thing? And I think it's so important to remember that it was not that seamless and it didn't happen overnight. And, (sighs) and, you know, so often the path we end up taking is actually what we needed to heal ourselves. Oh, yeah. And that's why, you know, I work with women to heal their binge and emotional eating because that was my history. That mm-hmm. is where I poured so much energy energy into healing. And now am working from the same space and, you know, same with my booby BFF membership. You know, it's like it all comes from experience. Yeah, it comes from a deep... Really rooted like desire and like need for ourselves that we then feel so passionate about helping other people shift and navigate because we know how much it changed our lives. And so mm-hmm. I just think that that's such an important reminder. I also think it's really interesting um, because I remember when when we first got coffee together, I was like, this girl is brash and, you know, like super, super out, like out there and and extroverted. And I resonated so hard with you because of that, because I also take up a lot of space Mm -hmm. when you meet me in real life. Like I am a very bold, very like, you know, I'm in a room and you know We're
0: who we are and we're very unapologetic about that. Yes.
1: And I, I love that so much, but I also it's so interesting because my first interaction with you was at one of your moon circles where Mm -hmm. you were so keyed into your feminine energy. And I was like, this girl is like so deeply like chill. And then I (laughs) met you and we had coffee. I was like, whoa, like one and the other. And I think that I know well, I know from my own personal experience that I spent so many years living in my masculine energy that connecting with that piece was so foreign to me and it still takes a lot of work to connect with her. Um, but I just think like it's so cool that we have both of can have both of those pieces yeah. to ourselves. So mm-hmm. I guess and I know we talked about this a little bit on the podcast previously um, about masculine and feminine energy, but I would just love like a refresh for people mm-hmm. who are listening. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Amanda? Yeah. Um, like, what is masculine energy? What is feminine energy? And like, do we have both? Like, how does that work?
0: So for me, one of the main things that I teach and like I practice personally is that it's all about finding your own divine balance. Like, I believe that regardless of your actual gender regardless of how you identify regardless of your orientation you do have access to both the divine masculine and the divine feminine and we each have like you were mentioning that like balance point of like I'm able to shift into my divine feminine especially when I have like women around me who aren't as exposed to the woo-woo. And so if I start doing really out there things and I don't like welcome them in and I don't hold that sacred container in a specific way, it can shut some of them down. It can make them uncomfortable. It can make them like, oh, I'm not ready for this. I don't belong here. And that's like the opposite of what I want to create. Whereas my divine feminine speaks that language. She's like welcoming to everyone and she can like ebb and flow through like, oh, here's a really advanced practice, but here's a really easy way to understand it. And like here make you who's never been exposed to anything like this feel comfortable, but also you who like are a Reiki master, like you still feel like you're getting something from it. Mm -hmm. And that's very much my divine feminine. Whereas when I'm meeting one-on-one and especially when I get someone who is like oh yeah I can talk about this topic and oh yeah like I'll come out of my shell for this Mm -hmm. like my more alpha female or my more masculine side of like here's who I am and here's how open I am and like just this grand exposure of like what it is that I believe think and feel and with such almost aggressive confidence of like Mm -hmm. oh yeah I've done the work to like love who I am so like here's all of it like respond how you choose like that's very much my divine masculine but for me it's helping people find that balance Mm -hmm. and like in which way can you shift effortlessly between the two of them Mm -hmm. so I often give the example of like okay you're a corporate woman and like you're pitching in a meeting to a bunch of like high-powered male coworkers, and then you want to go on a romantic dinner like you want to go on a date are you able to shift between like the personality that's going to make the best impression and get you what you want here Mm -hmm. that is still authentically you and then also shift into that softer more open more empathetic more Mm -hmm. creative more intuitive more sensual version of yourself but being authentically aligned in either space so really like gaining the ability to step into either side of that of who you are with efficiency and with understanding and feel in control of it is like my version of understanding the divine feminine divine masculine balance
1: yeah no it's so interesting because I think um, at least in our generation I think we were really taught to like you know this feminist movement it's like we are equal which 110% I could not agree more and Mm yeah I think in all of that Uh, that movement and that energy toward that direction, like I did not know how to connect to the more feminine, softer sides of myself. I was like very brash and Mm -hmm. in all spaces of my life, like very dominating. And, you know, I think there's a time and place for all that, obviously. You know, it's definitely been a practice. To tap into that. So, for somebody who might be in a similar spaces where I was a couple of years ago, like what what are some things that you would recommend to you know start, you know, tapping into that feminine side of themselves mm-hmm. in order to access you know the divine feminine, as you say.
0: Um, Embodiment practice is a huge one. I think we're going off of what you've mentioned. Like we're we're kind of socialized in that feminist understanding that like it's not just we're equal, but like the way that we can achieve that equality is through like mimicking masculine traits. It's like, okay, when you get in the workforce, you don't show emotion, you don't go soft, you don't do that. And Mm -hmm. it's very much like act male. And so male is successful. And it's I think now is the next generation of that where we're learning that like, okay, that can work. We've seen it work. We've seen people be successful in that. But wouldn't it feel better for the majority of us to be able to like have those equal opportunities in our own way mm. and in a balanced way? And so I think getting back into the body is a thing that we're not encouraged and we're not taught and we're not trained to do so that like deeply feeling into the body. So like breath work, um, sound therapy, really like doing either a meditation or like a personal practice that gets you into the body, Mm -hmm. feeling the feelings because Mm -hmm. we've been taught to like shove them down, box them up here and like don't process them, don't feel them. And for women specifically, when we hold on to them, they like bury, like burrow a hole inside yeah. of us and like just like wreak some bodies. havoc. Yeah. Yep. wreak sure. some havoc, cause some actual disease and disease. And so like feeling the feelings and then learning how to not hold on to them. So it's not I feel this and then I like grip tightly to it and I like hold on to that anger or hold on to that guilt. I feel it and then I let it go and then I release and then I move forward because it's actually like moving through it instead yeah. of just like storing it. I think mm-hmm. those two are really, really powerful. And then anything that gets you into that feminine fire, so that can be dance, that can be creativity. For some of us, that is like true second chakra work of like meditation or visualization or energy healing. But anything that gets you into that more like sensual, more fluid, more creative, more intuitive space. Mm -hmm. So a big pillar of that is like intuition work for me.
1: I was going to say, like, when you were talking about embodiment, like, to me, like, putting on a song that allows me to feel the feels and dancing and just like, yeah. moving my body the way in mm-hmm. which it feels compelled to move, like, that yeah.
0: is a yeah, huge Yeah, because you're, like, present point. in your body then. Mm-hmm. We're, like, operating from our heads so often where we're, like, experiencing life from, like, just the face, just the eyes, yeah, just the head. It's like and it's like, there's so much more of us. Like how many times have you felt into your kneecaps or like experience what it is to like sit and like feel your connection to your body, to the earth, to the chair that you're in, to the ground that you're laying on, mm-hmm. like be in your own body. Mm-hmm. That's something like we don't do very frequently. And yeah. we miss so much from that.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I also love that you talked about the chakras. Cause I, I don't I feel like we've touched on this really briefly, but we've never really deep dove into what they are. And mm-hmm. honestly, like I'm kind of, I know like a little bit about them, but I certainly don't have the like wherewithal of me able to be like, this is a chakra and this is what it means. So like when you say chakras, like what are, I know they're points in our bodies, but like what are all of them and what do they represent just for anyone who's also like in the dark like me? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so our chakra system is basically just like you would say your muscle system or your blood system or your skeletal system. It's your energetic system. So there are different points of like main points of energy. You can go deeply into it and you can get a lot more, but the mm-hmm. seven are like the main ones. And so they start from the root of the body. So down at the end of the spine, and that's like all the way at the base. So when you see that picture of like Buddha kind of sitting that first one, that's like at the starting point at the base of the spine, mm-hmm. it's typically associated with the color red. And so that's going to be a root chakra. So anything that has to do with foundation, a lot of those like Maslow's base Mm. needs of like food, shelter, water that Mm. goes into our finance and like the stability of our home. Then the second chakra, which I referenced, is that like sensual chakra, the area of like all of the genitalia, all of our different organs that pertain to like what gender we are and our creativity, our emotion, our relationship connections. Mm -hmm. So that's your sacral chakra and it's associated with the color orange. Then your center for personal power is like a little bit above the belly button, kind of like under the rib cage. Mm -hmm. And that one's going to be yellow. And so your solar plexus has to do with like who you are as an individual. So like how you identify your personal power, your space in the world. Um, A lot of times, like if you're unable to take up space, that's a big area of focus. Then you go up to the heart chakra. So the area of the actual heart, it'll be in the center of the chest instead of over the actual heart. And that one's going to be self-love, love love of others, openness, like caring, being able to like receive all those types of things. Mm -hmm. Then you go up to your throat chakra. So right over the throat area. And that one's typically going to be associated with like a blue color. And that one's speaking your truth, authenticity, showing Mm -hmm. up in that truth. A lot of times the people have like the, always like, checking their throat, always like fixing, it's because they're not expressing something. They're not letting something out. Oh, so interesting. Move up to your third eye, which is your intuition. So you're seeing without sight. That one's a, like one of my favorite chakras. I love that one. And two, I've been doing a lot of work connecting my like third eye. And so the intuitive messages I get with my second chakra, with my femininity. Mm. Um, and especially because I'm pregnant right now, kind of connecting those two things together has been really Mm -hmm. and then your last chakra is up at the top of the head it's your crown chakra it can be associated with purple or pink or white but your connection to the ether your connection to the universe to source energy to Mm -hmm. what you believe in to that higher power so your like connection to everything that was and will be and everything you are all in that same moment
1: that's so cool just
0: like the fluid movement of your blood or your muscles is just like that energy system. When one area is not working or something gets stuck or something's not operating properly, then you start to see first a lot of times energetic manifestations of it, but Mm -hmm. then it can go into the actual physical body. So sometimes when you're having issues with speaking your truth, you'll get a sore throat, you'll be making those noises.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, and you you talked about energy healing and a lot of that I imagine like has to do with healing the chakras and the spaces Uh in which you're feeling blocked and all that stuff. So badass, So cool. (laughs) Okay. I want to pivot for a second because something that I've been thinking about a lot lately and, and I've been seeing a lot, especially when it comes to the spirituality world is this, Uh this term high vibe. And I, I have been doing a lot of like, research into like what that even means and I know personally like there are days where I'm feeling really in the flow really connected to my message and just feel like amazing like nothing can get me down and other yep. days like last week where I was feeling so so overwhelmed for no reason I was like I don't know what's going on but my energy is so off I didn't want to show up I just wanted to sit and like binge Netflix and Mm -hmm. to me I was like because I've been seeing this you know fancy term I was like oh I'm just not high vibe this week you know it's like (laughs) what I was saying so my my question is like is this something that you resonate with like what does that mean to you and When we are in spaces where we are not feeling, quote, high vibe or whatever the fuck, um, how do we shift our vibrations or just shift our energy in order to, like, find that space, even when our outside world or maybe our anxiety or whatever is manifesting in a way that we feel like we can't connect to it?
0: Mm -hmm. So high vibe is definitely something that, like, uh, is a term I use because it is so, like, it's so communicative. Like it tells people very quickly, like what it is that I'm trying to address. For me, I like kind of pull back a little bit from the like really popular usage of it because it's not just like, oh, that's a cute outfit, like that's high vibe, like <laughs> love boss. For me, it's very much like going into the actual potency of vibration. So like there, um, and I'll send you a little chart that shows the vibration of different like feelings of different existence points. Oh, yeah,
1: that so, would be awesome.
0: For instance, grief versus joy versus love versus peace. Mm. we everything has a vibration. Like everything is vibrating. We're all vibrating matter. So depending on what vibration you're a match for is like what you're calling in because like attracts like, so you want to be in those higher vibrations Mm -hmm. over a lower vibration as in, I want to exist in peace, or I want to exist in understanding, or I want to exist in empathy or compassion or joy Mm -hmm. over hate, irritation, grief anger stress those Mm. types of things so there really is like a difference between low vibrations and high vibrations which then just kind of shifted into like high vibe low vibe
1: interesting okay that makes a lot of sense
0: there is a base to it like there is science and reality and truth to Mm -hmm. it and then as most things when they become popularized they get cuter they get more like oh tie it with a bow but like there is truth to it so like focusing on that And allowing yourself to kind of see those shifts in your life, you know, when one negative thing happens or one like low vibe thing happens to you and then you feel like, oh, wow, this is a domino effect. Mm -hmm. Now it's just like calling in a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, because you've become an energetic match for those lower vibrations. So when you start to resonate in that space of like anger, irritation or grief or everything's happening to me or like Mm -hmm. victim mode you open that channel to attract more of that. Mm. So I do a lot of work with like shifting vibration in the moment. I actually have a couple videos on it that one of them was my partner and I went to Sedona for my third, for my birthday. And at one point I had three or four different rental cars on my credit card. Cause it was like the biggest clusterfuck oh of God. like getting a rental car. And so by the time we got into the car, like from the airport and we were driving, I was like, I am in. The roughest spot right yeah. now. Like, this is supposed to be my like peaceful, like mm-hmm. spiritual vortex birthday weekend. And I have like four cars on my card. And like, we're finally in one. And like, no one's been helpful and everyone's been a pain in the ass. And I looked at him and he was like, in and out Burger and I was like I'm gonna do a video right now and like shift in front of people because this is truly what I do Mm -hmm. so like yes we did go to in and out Burger and that helped a lot Mm -hmm. but like I did a video right there of like how to shift when you're like in low vibration and I just showed people like okay these are the things that like I've found after years of work really shift me So Mm -hmm. I like put on specific music from one of my ayahuasca ceremony leaders. She's an angel and literally hearing her voice like shifts my vibration. Like I just start to match the vibration that I'm always in when I'm listening to that music. Mm -hmm. I put on makeup because I wanted to feel really pretty and like being a former makeup artist. Like when I have bomb highlight and like red lipstick on, I'm like, ooh. Yes, I feel good, and like that shifts my vibration. We got some In-N-Out Burger, which neither of us had ever had up until that point. Had heard magical things about, and we're like chomping on burgers, listening to like my favorite music. I took my bra off in the car because mm-hmm. I was like, this always makes me feel better, and I did that right on a video of like, here's where I am, and here's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Let me take the things that I know, bring me up to this space, and exist in this space, and then meet this energy mm-hmm. because I do not want other things pouring in at this low vibration. I don't want to pull up to an Airbnb and have issues I don't want to get a flat tire like I don't want Mm. I don't want to have any of that crap and if I become available by sitting in this lower vibration and getting really comfortable here and calling other stuff in this is going to ruin my time and I don't want that and I'm not available for that so I started like really engaging with the like energy of the space around me of like looking at the things we were driving by, like, okay, I don't live in Arizona. So I don't always see this. So being grateful and thankful and experiencing the sunshine on my face Mm. and like listening to my music and like getting present and getting grateful. And I was Mm. like, I'm so grateful that I have the financial stability to be like, put four cars on my card and I will drop them off with cancellations. Like once we're out out of here, like I asked myself, which are you available for standing in an hour and a half line to get the car that you originally booked or having that one and a second one on your card and then dropping that one off later. And I like consciously took a breath, looked inward, made those choices through an Mm -hmm. informed place so that I could feel good about them later. So they weren't just made in anger.
1: I love that question. What am I available for? Because yeah, you know, it's so funny you talking about all of this. It brought me back to the Amanda who used to spend her days sitting in negativity and like yelling at, I mean, I was the girl yeah. in the car yelling at other cars, rolling my windows down. You fucker. Like literally, yeah. I was so aggressively negative. And it's yeah. so interesting to think back on that space and You know, I'm not like I know I appear super natural naturally peppy, but like it takes work (laughs) for me to get here and Yes,
0: the pulling away of all the things that like weigh that down.
1: Yeah. And it's tough and it's tough work because it's intentional work. And I think so often we spend our time on automatic pilot and not being conscious of how we are moving in the world. And the second you can actually get clear on it and not judge yourself for having these habits, because that's what we're taught and it's what we know, but instead saying, okay, what am I available for right now? And choosing mm-hmm. to not live in victim mode, choosing to take ownership of our life and our energy and the way in which we're showing up for the people, you know, around us mm-hmm. and our jobs, whatever the fuck. Um, it makes such a difference, such a yep. whirlwind difference. And yes, it's sometimes going to be harder to get out of it. But even when we take those things and we know what those things are, like for me, it's going for a walk and getting outside. For me, it's like, putting away electronics yeah. and just taking a breath. For me, it's throwing a dance party, like whatever that is for you, having a few of those things that you can just immediately go to mm-hmm. that will move you towards maybe not completely yep. transform, but move you to yeah, like you're
0: supporting yourself. And yeah. like, that's a big pillar of my business is like giving women tools. And like, for me, a lot of them are spiritual tools, but like, okay, here is, A, the first step is like becoming aware of what it is that your naturally your natural tendency. In what way have you been programmed? What does your operating system Mm -hmm. look like? What happens when like you are on that autopilot? Mm -hmm. How much of that can we change and shift and like reprogram? And then what are the tools when like things happen that like we haven't prepared for? Because like there was no way I was going to prepare for four rental cars on my credit card. Like one. Sure. (laughs) Two, maybe four, no way. So it's like, I'm in this new situation and I can feel my vibration lowering. I can feel like the happiness and the positivity and the pep draining from me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, is that the space I want to be in? And honestly, sometimes it is. Sometimes I want to sit in it a little bit longer. Sometimes I want to deal with it a little bit longer, but it's a conscious decision now. Most Mm -hmm. of the time.
1: I love that. Oh, so good. And that's so helpful to hear some ideas too, of how to percolate and like start to shift. So you mentioned something a couple of minutes back that I would love for you to talk more about because I, have, Iowa. yes, you knew I was yeah. going to say, so, <laughs> um, for those of you who do not know what ayahuasca is, um, I'm probably not the person to tell you about it, but Lindsay for fucking heart, is, so can you share a little bit about what the fuck it is and what your experience has been? Cause have you done it more than once or
0: just once? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I've had two ceremonies, so I've sat for. Like I've drank four times now. Okay. Um,
1: Yeah. So share about what that experience
0: is. ayahuasca is a plant medicine. So something like psilocybin or magic mushrooms or even like cacao is a plant medicine. And it is from the Amazon. It's the mixture of a leaf and a vine. So two different plants, a leaf and a vine. And combined together, it has both psychedelic properties and ancient wisdom properties. And so it has been a tradition that the shamans in Central and South America have been giving to their people for a very long period of time that reconnects them with the Mother Earth. And so it's a feminine energy. It's a feminine plant medicine. And it's a psychedelic experience for most people. And it is the most... Transformative and spiritually opening experience I've ever had the pleasure of like participating in. Mm-hmm. Um, a really important part of it is the the leader, so like the actual ceremony leader, the shaman, the like guru who's guiding you through this. Like your experience is so often based off of both the medicine that they've created because you actually have to make this medicine between the vine and the leaf and their ability to hold space to Mm -hmm. guide you on this trip to be comfortable and familiar with this medicine and with you know mother ayahuasca is what they call it like when you actually go into this space and you like meet this energy most often it presents as very feminine and either as a mother as a grandmother And so their ability to work with sacred song and work with clearing and work with like holding space is like what transcends that experience for you so both a combination of like truly like taking in the medicine honoring like the diet beforehand like clearing your channel being available for it being intentional for it and then having ceremony leaders who support you in the correct way and then help you integrate in the correct way because you come out of this experience with so much and then it's okay but how do I like settle this into my body how do I take this in how do I like make different choices or learn from this material, do something with it. Mm-hmm. And so like there, the ceremony leader, the shaman is like a huge, huge part of it. So it's like one of the main things I tell people is like, definitely make sure, you know, who's leading mm-hmm. these ceremonies for you. You know, not only just where they're making the medicine and how they're making the medicine, and if it's done traditionally and ethically and like correctly, mm-hmm. but who's leading you, who's going to be in control of this are you able to relax and be comfortable and like believe in this space and like open yourself up and release into this? Mm -hmm. But it's been my personal favorite spiritual practice and the most transcendent experience I've ever had.
1: Yeah, so I know because you've talked to me about your personal experiences, but if you're open to it, I would love for you to walk us through. Because I remember before I was like, so Lindsay, is it basically <laughs> just you shitting your brains out and vomiting all over the place? Like, what the fuck is this? Like, that's yeah. all I knew. And I feel like most people yeah. that they probably like think ayahuasca thinks purging. So like, yes. what exactly was your personal experience? Obviously, I imagine everyone's experience is different, but I would just love to like hear what your personal experience with it was.
0: Uh, so I'll start off with the fact that like, yes, a lot of people do like when you first hear about ayahuasca, it is very much like you puke and you poop and i was very unavailable for the pooping like (laughs) pooping my pants just is in no way shape or form acceptable for me (laughs) so that was one of the things that i really had to work through i was like i want to do this so bad i'm so called to this like this speaks to me so Mm -hmm. much and like was like pulled towards it but i was like i am unavailable for pooping my pants i'm unavailable for pooping in public i am just like this is a topic i'm not okay with (laughs) So I did a lot of research on that and actually talked to my ceremony leaders about that. And so I personally did not experience the pooping of the pants, the pooping in public or the purging in that way. I did do a lot of purging throwing up because that's what I was available for. And that's what I like Mm express also honoring the diet really supports that. Um, A good portion of the purging can be like truly physical or can be truly like emotional, spiritual. So if you don't respect like the diet, which is very much like respecting the actual medicine, respecting like the channel it wants to come through, you might have to purge additionally because you have like other things in your body that are affecting it. And then for me, I was purging emotional stuff. So like Mm -hmm. at one point I purged out um, all of my shit with my dad, which was really magical and really beautiful that I had been working through that and I felt like I was in a really good space with like my dad healing stuff and I had done a lot of healing and gotten to a really good place but so much of my like childhood trauma was still Mm -hmm. physically in my body and I like purged that out I was also the first time I did ayahuasca was pretty close to when I found out I was going to lose my mom to cancer and so I was going through ayahuasca with the intention of motherhood being a main topic for me Mm -hmm. it was but while I was cycling in and planning to like try and get pregnant pretty soon and so I was like rebirthing myself processing birth fear and then processing like the fear of losing my mother the understanding of our like unique relationship comparison between me and my sister and the relationships that we had realizing like was I doing enough was I not doing enough was I there enough was I not like all those different types of things. So I purged a lot of like emotional stagnation and like heaviness that I'd been carrying for a really long time. So yeah, I I puked a decent amount. Yeah. Um, but and like normally i hate puking normally i'm not a puker like i don't really puke when i'm hungover like i count on two hands the amount of times i puked from alcohol or sickness besides like being a child mm-hmm. and puking in ayahuasca is like one of the most amazing experiences i've gotten a chance to witness and it sounds insane like if you know me in real life like bodily functions are not a thing that like <laughs> I talk about her. I'm okay with, uh, it's like, no, no, no. That's like a self thing. But like, it was so transformative. And it truly was like the medicine asked me, like, do you want to release this? Like, are you ready to let this go? And I was like, yes. And then she was like, no, no, no. Do you really want to let this go? Like, let's like get into this and decide, like, are you ready to get this physically out of your body and like move forward where this is not a factor Mm. in the things that you're doing, the way that you're living, what you're saying, like, are you going to purge this from your existence and purging in that space? It was like magical, yeah. I think it's and physically felt phenomenal to get it yeah, out.
1: That's so interesting. I mean, I, I've never done this, so I obviously can't speak from experience, but I, I, I know personally, and I'm sure you are also like, yeah, there is definitely trauma that is in my life that. I feel like still exists inside of me. And it's like, Uh-oh. sometimes we don't even realize like trauma war- trauma's passed down, which is something I'm personally yeah. working on in therapy right now. Trauma is like seriously passed down, but also, oh, like, yeah. you know, something that I've also been really thinking about lately is, you know, I just went through this really intense surgery a few months ago and had all this trauma happen to my body, but I was out. So I yep. was unconscious during yep. the process of it. And so my 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 brain, my mind does not remember the mm-hmm. trauma and yet my body experienced it's and felt very it.
0: aware of it. Yeah. And
1: so it's like I don't feel like I had this experience and yet I know, like I know mm-hmm. that it happened. And so like there I'm like is there trauma that I need to work through? Like that's inside my body. You know, it's I've just been thinking mm-hmm. a lot about that kind of stuff. So
0: And that's the exact replica of what happens, especially when you're a child and you deal with trauma Mm -hmm. is like your mind clicks out. And so like you're, body is physically housing this trauma but your mind might not record it in the same way because it's protecting you like that's what our mind is for so if you as a five-year-old as a seven-year-old as a 10-year-old can't handle this your mind will click off and will block out those memories will repress them but like your body can't do that Mm -hmm. and so like that was a huge part of it for me and especially like you were saying like ancestral healing like I'm choosing a radical birth choice. And so it's something where, like, I'm having to heal the like trauma and the fear and the anxiety and the choices that, like, created me to be able to do this in full power. Mm. And so, like, that was really powerful through ayahuasca to support me and kind of going back lineage by lineage and changing the like course of what it is that I want to do and feeling supported by that and not feeling like tethered by previous choices yeah
1: what when you say radical birth choice what do you mean
0: um I'm having an unassisted free birth in my home so no medical professionals and it's going to be like in my home with like no assistance and it's for a lot of people a radical choice like for me it's super aligned and like with all of the information I know about the medical system around birthing specifically. And like my personal beliefs, it's like the only choice that I'm able to make, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely something that like, I very rarely get met with acceptance or support. It's 99.99% fear. And like, not only someone else's fear, but like fear, vomiting, projecting that onto me. And it's, Done in a really hateful way, even though a lot of people think it's coming from a good place. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's like when anyone doesn't understand something or it doesn't resonate with their belief system. Yeah, it's a tough. Yeah, tough. It's just
0: like in our society, we feel really comfortable like putting things on pregnant women. Like for instance, with like cancer or adoption, or like you know what I mean. Even like your choice with like finding out that you have this and like choosing to do this, like people's reactions are very different when you're pregnant versus like pretty much anything else. Mm. Like people don't tell you the worst story of like, oh, my friend adopted. And here's the worst experience with adoption when you say you're going to adopt, but like pregnancy, people just feel super comfortable offering you the worst case scenario, the worst thing that they can think of when you bring up that topic or when they realize (laughs) that you are pregnant. It's insane to me.
1: Yeah, that's crazy balls. Okay, before we deep dive into the fast, fun ending, um, there's one more thing I wanted to dive into because this has been coming up a lot and a lot and a lot with the women that I'm working with individually. And it is the struggle of receiving and Mm. how we are just so programmed to constantly be giving as women, especially, but I feel like people in general, be giving, 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 struggle so hard with receiving and I don't even just mean like you know receiving help which in and of itself is something that is hard but like you know I was going through this incredible it was our last call with my group program and we were going around and sharing all of the things that we saw in the other women and it was so powerful and so incredible and like the receiving aspect of that was so cool to watch and yet to be in the receiving seat it was like we all became squirmy, like uh, like it was so hard to, you know, receive positive feedback. Yeah, and so I'm just curious, like, what your perspective is on that, and why you think that's such a jo- struggle for women? Because I know it's a struggle for me, and it's something I'm deeply working on. Um, so yeah,
0: I think we're socialized to give and not receive. We're socialized to fall on the sort to put everyone else first to do for others and to like back burner ourselves. I think we use it as a badge of honor, almost of like Mm -hmm. being burned out of doing so much of being overbooked of like, Oh, I like wake up at this time. And Oh, I go to bed at this time. And Oh, I don't have any time for myself or like, Oh, I couldn't possibly like, you know, when I say, Oh, I'm going to do like a self-care thing. So many of my friends are like, Oh, I, I don't, I don't have time for that. I couldn't possibly fit that into my schedule. And I'm like, why is this, a benchmark of success that like you can't fit in a massage or you can't fit in a bath or you can't fit in, you know what I mean? Sitting and like reading something that's like supportive of yourself. And I think it's because we in society have been trained that like that's success and like oh, we can compare those things. And so for me, shifting that and doing a lot of work in receiving and teaching women, like you have to fill your own cup before you can fill others. Mm -hmm. And everything else gets better. Like you get better at your business, you get better in your relationships, you get better at your friendships, you become a better parent. Like if you are able to put yourself first and to take care of yourself in like a healthy, aligned, intentional way, everything else gets easier and better and more efficient. And so you're actually doing a disservice every time that you like, prioritize everything else and leave no time for yourself because you at almost empty is not efficient is not going to like make huge impact, is not going to be really supportive and open and like productive. Mm -hmm. So I think switching that mentality and then teaching women how to receive because that's so hard. You can understand like in a concept that like, oh, I need to be open to receive. I need to put myself first. But you actually have to like practice that. It's Mm -hmm. just like anything else. It's a muscle. You need to like consistently do that and support yourself and like moving in that direction.
1: Yeah. I think something... Um, something that I have done for a long time, there's kind of twofold, but one thing is whenever somebody says something that is, you know, a compliment or whatever, learning to just say, thank you and not qualify okay. it. You know, even if yeah. you're wearing something, you know, I used to always say, thanks. I got it at TJ Maxx for, you know, yeah. 15 bucks on sale, you know, at, it's like, yeah. why the qualifier? Like, why can't yeah. I just say, thank you? I really love this mm-hmm. outfit, you know, period. Yeah. But end mm-hmm. of story. Um, yeah. And also if you have a partner in your life, what, what my husband and I have been working on a lot lately is expressing thanks for one another and just admiration, like say, Hey, you did this thing and it really meant a lot to me. And just Mm -hmm. like being able to receive that they're grateful and working with one another too, because I think it can be so powerful when somebody you trust implicitly and just have this foundation with, you know, you learn to receive with them first because it feels safe. Right. Yeah. Versus like, you know, a stranger on the street telling you that they like your outfit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that the like, also gratitude
0: shifts everything though. And mm-hmm. so teaching each other that it's not just like, oh, that wasn't a big deal. Like, of course I did that for you. Like, yeah, it wasn't a problem. It's like, yeah, it might not have been a problem or an issue or difficult for you, but like that doesn't diminish my appreciation my gratitude my thankfulness for it and so like refocusing each other on that like oh yeah it was easy for you but like sometimes the easiest things for you are the hardest things for me so like thank you yeah. or like I just am never going to take out the trash so like thank you so much for taking out the trash every single I day I resonate I'm not hard do with that like, one I'm not gonna do it so like thank you so much <laughs> like I love but like for me like that's a big thing no, because I am not gonna do it me too like, yeah, I, I know do that everything
1: else you know that. but the trash like, is like a hard stop for me I will like smush the trash and like fill it to the brim I'll open
0: new bags oh, I'll pull out paper bags next to the plastic I don't care
1: yeah I'm like, you gotta do I'm this. I'm like, I'm not
0: doing this. I'm like, I love you so much when you take out the trash. And especially when you like go to different rooms and like take out all of the trash, not just like the one that yeah. I'm annoyed with, but like all of them. Yeah. Like I love you. Yeah, so great. Oh
1: my god, I love that. It's so hard. It's like my love
0: language is you taking out the trash.
1: I, I love it. And at least you're open and honest about
0: it. So right? open. <laughs> my poor partner has like never had the issue of like Oh my girlfriend like hides things from me or like isn't open or doesn't tell me. He's like she tells me everything.
1: Yeah, she's everything. Very, we have very conversations
0: honest. about everything. Yeah, I know, it's like me
1: and my husband too. <laughs> He's I love so it.
0: lucky there's more than one of them that like we can at least diversify between the two partners that like some of the conversation is with someone else yeah, but it's yeah, not yeah. just always him all the time. Yeah, that's hilarious.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. Are you ready for this fast one ending? It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Favorite right. thing you saw on the internet today? in the last 24 hours?
0: My favorite thing that I saw on the internet today was a picture from, I think it was Spirit Daughter, but it was for the Taurus new moon because my partner, one of my partners is a Taurus. And so it was a really gorgeous picture. And like, I sent out my newsletter for like the new moon all mm-hmm. the time. And I just love seeing people's different interpretations of like, the Zodiac and Lunar Partnerships. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like I need to have you come back on and talk about that because I am curious AF about all that stuff. So Moon yeah, stuff. I'll have to yes. have you come back. Okay, your current morning ritual.
0: Oh boy. So I've recently shifted from a nine to five to doing my business full time. So I'm like full out entrepreneur yeah. now. So my morning practice is like my favorite thing ever. I meditate for an hour in the morning now and it's the greatest and I'm so happy about it. And then in no specific order, depending on how hungry this baby is. Sometimes it's breakfast first, but I try and do at least 15 minutes of kundalini yoga, which is like mostly breath work and like minimal movements and adapted to the pregnancy. I do gratitude practice. I do something educational. A lot of times recently it's been Vision from Mind Valley, just like a quick video from him. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like or before that, depending, I do like a hygiene routine. So You know, the washing of the face, the brushing of the teeth, oil pulling, dry brushing potentially, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But like my morning routine is is quite long and I'm really happy about it because I like have the time for it. So I like cook myself breakfast every day and I Mm -hmm. do kundalini most of the time and like do my gratitude journal like pretty much every morning. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is the best. Yeah.
1: Morning routines are my fave too for that reason.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Weird quirk people wouldn't expect you to have.
0: Um, well, the poop thing is something no one expects me to have that like I can talk about anything sexual, anything dirty, anything like I'm an open book, but like you mentioned poop and I'm like, huh, ah. can't do it, like, I won't do it. That's and it it shocks all of my friends and family members. Like when people find out about it, they like don't leave it alone. Like everybody's just like making poop jokes or like sending me pictures of their poop or like talking about like bodily functions because it's the only thing that I'm like, uh-uh, no, no. And, like, so I don't think it's fully uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm just, like, this is not a topic I ever want to talk about. Like, it's... I don't ever want to send a picture of my poop to anyone. Yeah, that's so, so like, funny. like, that shocks people.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. I recently polled my Instagram followers on if they, like, pee. Not just poop, but pee in front of their mm-hmm. partners. And I was shocked. Yeah. at how many people said that they do over like over 70 percent yeah of the people who voted said that they do and I was like I'm sorry hold the phone because don't get me wrong I'm actually the opposite like I will talk about poop like I'm all about the gut health I'm all about your internal body and how it I all works talk about together colonics
0: but like yeah. when it's my poop specifically and it's not in like a colonic or like oh, yeah, yeah yeah no like I don't <laughs> No, talk I'm about, like no. yes I pooped
1: twice today it's the best like I will talk about that till <laughs> til the cows come home but but But, like, I will not pee or poop in front of my partner. Like, it's just there to me there are some things that are meant to be left to the imagination sure. and unless and, like literally once like Kev was in the bathroom I don't know what he was doing but he was taking a fucking long time and it was when we didn't have two bathrooms mm-hmm. um, when we were first living together and I swear to God I peed in a fucking cup to avoid yeah. I'm not oh even kidding God, like so I funny. found a cup and I just was like alright I'm fucking squatting and peeing in this fucking cup right now and I did and I would so I would do that over again in a heartbeat no, and then there's no way
0: yeah but so up until I was pregnant I had never peed in front of Troy. Mm. And then once I was pregnant, I was like, all bets bets are off. Sorry. I have to pee every 10 minutes. (laughs) And like, my boyfriend is the slowest person I have ever met like homeboy takes 20 minutes to like move this piece of hair over here yeah so like if he's in the shower and I have to pee there's absolutely no way in the quantum process of this universe that he will be done in time for me to not pee myself like it's just not possible like there's yeah. an algorithm there's a theorem that proves that like if Troy has started a bathroom activity and Lindsay you needs are to pee, screwed and at no point will these two things line up so I now pee in front of
1: him. Yeah, I mean, I think it helps that we have two
0: bathrooms because we yeah. don't ever
1: have to worry about that. Oh now, yeah, but
0: yeah. Well, like you've seen, you've seen the picture of my bathtub, and like you've yeah. seen my bathtub, right? Yeah. It's so, like we definitely don't have two bathrooms. Like I don't know how they would put two bathrooms and like compete with that. So like we've got one, and it's like gigantic. Yeah. But like that definitely means like since I've been pregnant, I pee in front of him. Yeah.
1: No, which Not makes total my preference. Sense. I just think but, it's so funny, like. I thought, I don't know, I figured that I was, like, not in the minority here. And right. it was, it's been so funny to have people be like, yeah, like, I mean, usually just pee. But sometimes, like, and I have other people be like, yeah, even pooping. And I'm
0: like, nope, like, hard stop. Nope, literally no coming. way. So no anyways, way.
1: That's just a funny, funny fact. Okay, last question. You ready? hmm What does it mean to you to live a fuck yes life?
0: So, following what it is that you love and, like, doing that and then, like, being present, more often than not like I think we autopilot we check out we like do to do we do to like accomplish we do to like get through the day and like I don't want to be living for like an evening or a weekend or an event Mm. or like something specific I want to wake up and do the things that like make me feel fuck yes as often as possible and like listening to some of my favorite coaches and mentors telling me like just do the shit you really want to do Like, just do the shit you really want to do. No more means to the end. No more, oh, to do this thing I really want to do, I have to do this, this, and this. It's like, no, just do the thing you really want to do. Show up fully, be present, like, enjoy what it is that you're doing and how you're living. And, like, my favorite quote is, like, follow your bliss and the universe will open doors where there were once only walls. And, like, it's that. Mm. Every day, choose bliss, choose happy, choose, like, being present and being, like, who you want to be and doing what you want to do. Mm.
1: I love that. It takes so much courage to do that. So I yes. honor you for that.
0: Oh, I just watched the best video on courage and vulnerability. Have you seen the Brene Brown Netflix oh, special? Yes.
1: I right. will, if you guys oh. haven't seen that, I will link you guys like the trailer or something in yep. um
0: the I texted notes. two people like Oh, immediately, yeah. and was like, "Okay, you have to watch this." Like okay. I'm pulling my like girlfriend and then best friend card on you, and like you have, you to, have to. And then yes. I want to like have a full panel discussion afterwards. Also,
1: watch it with your partner, um especially if your partner is male-identifying, because I think that watching it with Kev, it was like we had a really powerful discussion afterwards. Yeah, about what it means. I to tried be that. Troy <laughs> fell asleep.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we got like five minutes in, and he was like. And I was like, "Oh, uh, here we are." But yeah, that's my life. But yeah, so, I I think
1: know. it's so it's so great and I love it too because she combines basically every single one of her books into this talk. So even yeah. if you are not well versed in the world of Brené Brown, like you are totally going to be able to um access it and feel like you really gain so much from it. It's like some of the pieces that I remember being like, "This is something I want to hold on to." This is something It's like mm-hmm. she pulls it all into this one Yeah.
0: And she's just talk. so like she speaks to the people. Like she doesn't speak from up here saying like, Oh, I've done all this research and work. And like, I'm so elevated. Like she speaks to everyone. And I think that's so powerful for like being inclusive because sometimes in spirituality and wellness and personal development, we can see this like hierarchy of like, Oh, you have to know to know. And it's like, like come on like just give the good information to anyone who will listen because like that's the point that's what we're going for for sure
1: I love that so much um you are the best thank you for sharing your heart and just being so willing to share I know a lot of this is highly like vulnerable to talk about and so I just really honor you for that um and I know that all the audience is gonna want to (laughs) hop on the Lindsay bandwagon so where can our listeners connect with you find you on the interwebs all that fun stuff
0: Definitely. So Instagram is probably where I am the most. So my handle is Our and R. So O-U-R-A-N-D-A-R-E. Um, I'm also on Facebook and I have a private Facebook group. So it's our and R as well. And if anybody from your following wants to join, it's a fantastic sacred space for women who either are already super in this or like really curious and want to be in it. You can join as much of the conversation or just absorb mm-hmm. awesome content. And then my website is the same thing. O-U-R-A-N-D-A-R-E. Makes it so easy. I'll come check it out and ask me some questions and let's deep dive into any of these fun topics.
1: Love it. Yeah. I'm in her Facebook group, you guys, and it's amazing. So definitely make sure to join and- And as always, that will be in the show notes for you guys. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Lindsay, for being on here. You are the absolute best.
0: Thank you for having me. It was awesome.
1: And there you have it. Uh for all of the stuff we talked about in today's episode, you can check it out in the show notes or head over to Amanda com forward slash podcast forward slash 61. And as a reminder, um you guys have that amazing discount going um with Anna Luisa. So head over to Analuisa.com forward slash L Y F Y L All in Capitals. Um again, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com forward slash capital L Y F Y L. Um and snag your purchases. I want to see um what you guys love and decide to go for um and also that link will be in the show notes for you guys as well um i'm so so grateful for you as always let's make this an amazing fucking month and i will see you guys on the flip side